All right, we're back on the Fan Morning Show, Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Don't forget to send in your Awake and Rake selections. No Toronto Sports. NBA's back tomorrow, though, so you've, don't worry. Dylan Brooks' unders are coming. <laughs> <laughs> and we might play one eventually. We will, I hope. Um, Raptors hosting the Pelicans tomorrow night. And the Maple Leafs back in action on Friday night against the Minnesota Wild, which will be a good one. Hot ticket in the city to see Ryan O'Reilly coming off a hat trick, four-point night, three Maple Leafs with three points in the first period, first time ever in franchise history. What a game that was. Uh, we're getting Gunner on the phone in a second, but lots of lots to look forward to. Oh, and he's here. Look at that. You say it, and it happens. Brent Gunning, co-host of Leafs Nation, and the golf show is back. How's it going, Gunner? Mm-hmm. Ah, doing well, doing well. Golf is in the air, and mm-hmm. Ryan O'Reilly is looking exactly like he should. What's not to like? How are we doing this morning? <laughs> We're good. Uh, let's just start with golf before we get to, you know, Ryan O'Reilly sure. jazz that we're so excited about. Um, Justin and I are doing a two-episode breakdown, one and two, a full swing. We're going to do another two later in the week um, just to kind of space it out. But have you been watching full swing? I uh, mainlined it the second I could get my. That's pause what I on thought. It. So yes, I have. I have been watching and have enjoyed. Yes. Okay, so no we, Netflix password issues no, no, for Gunner. He's, he's got it. He's big bucks. Well, the, the, look, I you know I don't like I don't like to brag too much, but the main Netflix account originate from my place of residence. Mm. So if that isn't flexing in twenty twenty three. I don't know what okay. is. That's the position you want to be in. I love that. Um, okay, so we did episode one and two breakdown the frenemies between um, JT and Sp- and Jordan Spieth, and then winner go home with Brooks and Scotty Scheffler. So um, I guess we were discussing how it was a pretty big expose into Brooks's. Uh, mind mind and um it was it was i don't know kind of not sad because we don't want to feel sad for these guys but it, it gave us a, a really How can good you feel sad for someone with a pool like that? that's true and a nike dunks wall um and that haircut and that oh yeah and his wife um nonetheless she's kind of annoying to be honest oh okay <laughs> but did it give you more insight and, and reasoning why he went to live not a not an exception but like you get it now right you can totally understand. You mm-hmm. can see a guy sitting there saying, wow, I'm never going to forget win a golf tournament. I'm never going to make a cut again <laughs> in my life. I better go and take this bucket of money. And it's funny, you know, it's so hard to relate to professional athletes, but anybody who has played golf has sat there after a round <laughs> saying, I suck at this. I'm never going to be any good. There's no way it gets any better than this. That is the most relatable thing about Brooks Kepka. So I, I, I'm with you. You know, I feel the exact same way I felt about all the living guys but that was a broken man and watching him come to grips with his own golfing mortality was really really interesting stuff uh yeah maybe not the most sympathetic of figures but Mm -hmm. it was really interesting to see somebody kind of going through it you know we always have these questions about athletes and this is regardless of sport about is it a crisis of confidence do we read way too much into that i think it's pretty safe to say with that guy in particular we weren't reading too much into it it's exactly what it looked like at the time yeah, I thought it was outstanding. I was surprised by how good it was. Uh, I didn't expect to learn something, and I, I think I, I learned, uh, you know, about the reason why he left, but also, like, a, a window into the mind of Brooks Kepka. I wasn't expecting there to be much there that was that interesting, but uh, I was pretty captivated by that that story and the juxtaposition with Scheffler was perfect because that's a guy who was talking about, you know, eating chips and salsa and grabbing <laughs> coffee with his wife and the other guy has everything, but it seemed like he had nothing in the moment. Uh, you said you watched all of it, binged through it. Is there another thing that will capture our attention? You don't have to, like, give us any... No spoilers. No spoilers, no spoilers. but, like, 
is it did you enjoy the remainder of the series? Yeah, I really did. Now, obviously, I have like the golf sickoness in me that was going to make me enjoy this regardless. But I would say if I can dial it back from myself and, you know, try to think like a normal person, I would say there are uh, two and a half more episodes that I I'm not going to say are quite as compelling as the Kepka stuff, but really, really good in their own way. So I think the Kepka stuff for most people will probably be the highlight of the doc. But there are two or three, depending on your mileage. So I'll go two and a half other episodes that I think uh, people will enjoy. All right, we're going to go through those. And I I was, as Justin said, pleasantly surprised with the start. Um, I liked the the story, the contrast between episode one and two, I thought was really well done. Um, Lots to to binge. I love that for us. Um, Okay, Brent, so obviously... Friday night. I don't. Can know. I binge? Can I binge last night's Leafs yeah, game? Yeah, let's just, just watch it that? on repeat. Yeah. Like it's just, it was immaculate. Uh, I want to ask you what it was like Friday night when you saw the trade, because I want to be put into your brain for a second to see how you react to something of such significance. I the thing that has been the most amazing to me about this trade is that I experienced it like I was 12 years old. I went <laughs> to bed before it happened. I woke up to the news. You know, we live in such a and I am the worst for this. Every week when I got my screen notifications on my iPhone, oh. it basically just says throw it in the lake and get a life, bud. Is basically what it tells me. So I am on my phone all the time. I'm constantly refreshing Twitter and for whatever reason I just shut it down early that night. So to me waking up and there's Photoshop Shops of Ryan O'Reilly and Leaf Skier in my text inbox, and everybody's buzzing. And then I'm up early, so I'm then like waiting to dying to have people to discuss this with. So, first blush reaction. It shouldn't come as that big a surprise because this was always a target that was a possibility, but it's it's starting to become Kyle Dubas's MO that the move itself won't necessarily shock you, but there's not going to be this Jacob Chikrin buildup where, okay, well, they've been working on this for a month. Generally speaking, when he moves on something, he moves on it, and it gets done pretty quickly. So that was my first blush reaction to it. You know, I agree with everyone else. Is it a, is it a steep price to pay? Yeah. I'd also mention they got another guy, and they got double retention in that, so it's not just for, for the players there. It is a steep price to pay, but when you see how they looked in that first shift on Saturday you see how they looked out of the gates last night and you know we haven't even seen this team with three number one centers basically which they have the capability to roll out there or now even with a practice yet with a practice <laughs> think about it all we ever talked about with Sheldon Keefe is this guy never got a training camp with his team and he got a sexy new toy and he hasn't even got a chance to tinker with it yet <laughs> so yeah I uh, I love the move from the Leafs perspective so sober light of morning I like that where yes. did the mind go next was it about hey can we keep this guy or is this three quarter measures and we need full we need a defenseman we need another move because as great as this looks up front this team is still not complete perhaps Yeah, I understand everyone's concerns on the blue line. I've been a little slower to come around on them, but I am starting to come around. I think you probably would like a defenseman, but the thing I keep going back to with that is, unless you're moving a defenseman out, you got to really get somebody that is a difference maker. You know, the idea of removing Rasmus Sandin for plug X in the bottom, you know, your typical 5-6 guy who gets moved at the deadline, it might make the Leafs a slightly different team. I don't think it actually makes them a better team, So that's the thing that I keep bumping up against when it comes to getting a defenseman for this unit is, you know, if you're not going to play Rasmus Sandin, because let's just assume he's the odd man out here, 
then you probably should use him as a chip before he is no longer an asset because, you know, we all see him every day. We can get a little down on him. That is still a guy that could probably net you something across the league. You know, not a massive return, but as a piece for maybe an older player. You get a team that's trying to go a little younger. So that's the issue I have with it in terms of a defenseman is just you kind of got to include him in the trade, in my opinion, or, you know, use him to trade for another forward. I still think if you're going to go with Ryan O'Reilly as your 3C, you need another winger. The whole reason I liked the trade is because you needed to get somebody else in the top six. And Mm -hmm. I would love to see what the Leafs look like with those three down the middle. I've seen Alex Kerfoot on the the second line left wing, and it's okay for a spell. It is not okay for a playoff run. So I I think that's where I I keep going with it, honestly, is it sounds crazy. They just added two great ones, but honestly, maybe another forward. Yeah, that might be the thing that people aren't, you know, saying out loud as much or the the unspoken truth of all this is like if you do play him where it makes the most sense, which is to be a shutdown center and play on a checking line that can frustrate the opposition, the same problem still persists. John Tavares, and I guess it's different from last year in that Tavares was playing with William Nylander at the end of last season, but they had no answers. They had no one to play on the left side with John Tavares, and Kerfoot could be that guy, and I think the value of Kerfoot is that you put him anywhere and it just kind of works. It might not mm-hmm. knock your socks off, but it kind of works. The, the same problem is still there, and I wonder if the, the root uh, decision behind, you know, and the impetus for Kyle Dubas was, hey, we need to fix our second line. This isn't about the third line. This is actually all about the second line. Yeah, I think there's something to that. I think the other part of this that nobody wants to even hint at out loud, but it's very much a part of the conversation is, what does this team think Matthew Nyes is? If he is a crasher and banger in the bottom six, well, that doesn't answer any questions. If this team still thinks, and we have no idea what they think about the player, it's not a guarantee he comes out, but he is the forward that is kind of lingering as part of the conversation. I think the idea of thinking a a guy can walk in fresh out of college, He's going to take off his cage for the first time and play in the NHL, and he's going to be in your top six in a, in a series against Tampa. That seems crazy to me. But if you want to put him in your bottom six, and maybe that allows you to rejig some things, maybe that allows you to go Achari at third-line center or camp for whoever you want in that role, then maybe then you can have O'Reilly in your top six and you don't need the forward. So the nice part of it is also kind of complicating things. And the other part of it as well is that he's still the big chip. If you want to go out and do something sexy again because they've got the space to do it, Alex Kerfoot's there, and we just talked about him. I think people are way too quick to run him out of the market because he's not Nazem Kadri, but you can move that player and his $3.5 million, and all of a sudden with LTIR and Matt Murray and Muzzin's money, et cetera, et cetera, you could make another big swing if you really wanted to. I don't think that's going to happen, but I'm not ruling it out either. Any surprise that Kyle Dubas was allowed to do this? No. I think if you're going to send him into this year with this team, you can't neuter him in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> there is no point of having a general manager for a team like this. And even if they didn't have the, and I sometimes think we overstate the obvious flaws, but even if they didn't have the flaws that this team had, and it was, okay, just go make a little tinkering moves at the deadline, it should be a GM you trust going forward. There is no world where it made any sense to have him be the GM if he wasn't going to be allowed to make mm-hmm. these moves. And to me, it just goes to 
Tim, the more I think about this, the more it seems like there's a contract extension in the drawer. Maybe they even have, haven't even had those conversations, but they know how it would look to have come out and extended them after the playoff failures and everything. They knew how it would look to come out in the middle of the season with a contract extension. So a part of me wonders if the two parties are just not remotely concerned about it. He wants to be here in all probability they want him here so let's just deal with this in the summer hopefully after a playoff round that is how I imagine the thinking is going there so I I understand the question completely but there's no point in letting him be the general manager if he can't make big swings like this so we've called this the Ryan O'Reilly trade since the beginning because of course he's a Clinton guy looks like a leaf from the moment he stepped out there but Nola Chari has been a really impressive addition in his debut as well he throws the body around he's really invigorated this bottom six it looks like they all have an identity it looks like a lot of them are now playing for their own spot too and they he kind of said hey buddy like if we're adding people and Matthew Nyes is coming there might be a spot there might be someone getting pushed out the door so what have you liked about best about his play over the last couple games He's just the guy the Leafs haven't had. They have tried so many bodies in the bottom six, and he is what Zach Aston Reese thinks he is, wants to be. Like, there's a Noel Achari poster on Zach Aston Reese's bedroom, because, bedroom wall, because that is the guy. Aston Reese tries to go in there, and he tries to rub his nose into things. He's just not that type of player. He's not as capable of doing it as well as Achari. And you see him with Achari now, and him being the second guy on that line who does those things as opposed to the tip of the spear, it makes him such a more effective player. He is just the guy that the Leafs have been trying to add in the bottom six. You know, you look at Wayne Simmons. He's supposed to do a bit of that, and we know Simmons has the higher-end skill from earlier in his career, but these were the things you were supposed to get. When you look at the thing we always say that the Leafs missed out on of all the old guys they tried that Corey Perry element now Perry's a little meaner a little nastier but Achari can kind of give you some of that as well and the fact again it's it's just like with O'Reilly he has the positional versatility you don't have to play him up the middle but you can if you need to and the fact that he's just a guy who completely understands what his role is it's so nice to have a guy you know, you love being able to throw the big boys over the boards and change momentum with a goal or a great shift or a couple good looks. But it's it works just as well when Achari or somebody like that can go flying over the boards and run around and create momentum, get the building into it. I think it's a really, really important thing for any team, but especially this Leafs team that's been missing that element so much. So I don't think the Achari piece of it can be understated. Mm-hmm. And we know they've had interest in him for, for you know, past couple summers as well. Okay, one last one here on the lineup. I just want to go back to this uh, second line, which it seems weird to ask about, you know, making some adjustments after they broke records last night and had 13 points. Um, (laughs) But Sheldon Keefe did mention that there's no timeline on this lineup. And as as we just said, they haven't had to practice yet. But he did say that John Tavares will get back to some center. So how long do you think they should be doing the second line the way it looks? Should they get a third line experiment in there? Because that depth is pretty much untouchable in terms of the best three centers you'd see in the NHL and know that this worked and say, okay, we'll give it a, we, we know that this works. Let's try Ryan O'Reilly on a third line, give an opportunity to boost some other people up. Or are you just like so set on it that you love it? You don't want to touch it. I'm not set on it at all, but I think, in my opinion, and I'm not saying you have to go all the way to the deadline. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's only 10 days, so it's not that long. 
why don't you just stick with this until the deadline? Mm. We know that the most certain thing in the world on this Leafs team is so long as they're healthy, Austin Matthews, John Tavares, and Ryan O'Reilly can capably center a line, kind of whoever is on the wings of it. It might not be the perfect fit. It might not be the perfect chemistry, but you're not going to sit there and watch those guys and say, ah, don't like what I'm getting from them. So I think until the deadline, until you have a chance to make another move, you do want to see how that mix. Maybe you want to flip the wings. Maybe you want to go Marner with Matthews and Neil with that group to to see how that looks. Maybe you want to try O'Reilly or sorry, maybe you want to try Tavares with Matthews and you flip bunting to that group. I think you should try all of those top six pieces between now and the deadline and I'm going to include O'Reilly as a top six piece and see how they mesh. So if you do need to go out and get another forward and you know, it's not going to be Timo Meyer. It's not going to be somebody, you know, sexy like that, but I think and you know, he's hurt so this probably isn't going to happen, but you know, the Travis Konechny type top six guy that is a that you say, mm, I really like that, but it doesn't necessarily blow you blow you away. So I think that's what I would do with this group between now and the deadline. See how all six of those guys mish, mash together, be it in games, be it in practice. And then after the deadline, once you know what you have for sure, then you can try all those guys at center with all the different wing combinations. That That's how mm-hmm. I would do it. Well, offensively clicking, obviously, from last night, but there's still some uh, still some holes maybe in the back end. You know, Connor Timmons shouldering a little bit too much maybe heading into the playoffs. <sighs> um, what about Luke Shen, the reunion? You like that idea? If Luke Shen is is okay to occasionally sit in the press box, and if like, and that's not to say he has to be there exclusively. I don't think there's a point in trading for a guy to go sit in the press box. I don't, and I am fine with bringing Shen in. But I keep going back to, and you know, Lilligren has definitely jumped ahead of this guy on the the pecking order of things. But it's how those two young Swedes develop, and Lilligren again, he seems to have solidified himself. He seems to have taken the steps you need. I just, I really worry about not so much ruining the player but ruining the asset and Rasmus Sandin so I just I think you have to be very careful with it again not to say don't add depth not to say you can't displace him but if you're not going to play him I think you have to at least consider trading him and he's on a really nice deal for next year still an RFA I really think you could get some suitors with it so again not saying you got to trade him I personally wouldn't but if you're not going to play him I I, you got to be careful squandering the asset so I think we got about eight weeks left in the regular season here what's the I mean probably best to ask this question after the trade deadline because Mm -hmm. questions could be answered but in terms of the prospects of future success playoff success what's the one thing that what's the one question that needs to be answered for you given where this team is right now and the challenge ahead well it isn't going to be answered any any time and i'm probably going to you know flip-flop on this eight different times and there's no help coming it'd be nice they could get a save you know, Ilya Samsonov, we're all sitting here and we're giving him the little, oh, you know, we, we've all had our guts feeling that way. So I don't <laughs> want to get too in his business. But that was a few days ago now. A couple of those were not great last night. It is not full-blown panic time by any means. But honestly, if you're going to tell me the Leafs are going to flame out in round one, I'm going to tell you it's going to be because of the goaltending. The D, there are questions, but I don't think they lost last year because their D was terrible against Tampa. I think the big boys will show up. I really have questions about this goaltending. And I, the one thing I don't question at all is that they will have worse goaltending than Tampa in that first round series. So long as Vasilevsky's there. So that's my biggest concern right now. I don't think there's anything you can do about it. You just got to kind of grit your teeth and bear it and hope the goalie voodoo shakes your way by the time the playoffs comes. Cause uh, yeah, Samsonov, the uh, bloom coming off the rose a little bit. We know what's up with Murray and Joe wall. I'm do we not know what's them. up with Murray. Well, no, well, no, <laughs> the thing with Murray is we don't, we don't know, know what's up. We don't know. We know what's up. And it's like, you're flaky 
somebody who it's like, I don't know, maybe he'll come, maybe he won't. Don't bank on it. If he shows up, great. That's what that's what you got to take from Matt Murray. So, yeah, the goaltending situation. But, unfortunately, I can't sit here and tell you, oh, they're going to go out and get X. Mm -hmm. If they made their David Riddick trade, that going to make anybody feel better? Not me. So, yeah, that's the big uh, that's the big concern now. What about Ryan O'Reilly staying long term? How do you feel about that? Is he going to sign a contract? Is he going to take? Doesn't a he look like a Leaf gunner? Yes. The, okay, he look the, he's the it. leafiest Leaf you've ever seen. Okay, the amount of the amount of texts I've got that I think I'm now the uh, hearing it fourth hand from of. Guys, I heard from a budding Godrich. It's done, okay? (laughs) He's taken the G.O. deal. I've heard it a million (laughs) times. So I'm letting myself dream. We'll see. if they Let let me tell you. If they flame out in round one and it's ugly, something tells me a a return to St. Louis is going to feel just fine for that guy. But they go on a run or, hey, even just went around, anything can happen. I I wouldn't rule it out. But, yes, uh, based on your chuckles, I'm sure you've heard the exact same stories. Yesterday I was talking to somebody (laughs) Who played with him? Yeah, and said, "Oh yeah, you know we I, we chat all the time." I know. I, he's sta- <laughs> we played like house league, and he's like, "Yeah, yeah the, the guy loves the Leafs. He's, he's taking a hometown <laughs> discount." And you're just like, "Oh my god, it's sell!" This guy played with him. I don't even I know, know when it was. Like yeah. probably when he was in grade six, but he knows him. He Hard knows to believe him well. Ryan O'Reilly played house league at yeah. one point. Who knows, man? Like I I've heard it from everyone. Anyone that's living in a hamlet in any area of Ontario <laughs> knows Ryan O'Reilly and Hamlets says that he's staying. Right now. So it's funny, but I like the optimism. I mean. There's a pulse. There's a vibe. I thought watching last night, seeing the energy on Twitter, like it just felt like a different night. Did it not? Oh, big time. Big time. Now, I I will say when they they started to gag it away, it also felt Mm. like a return to Mm -hmm. many things I've felt many times before. But we'll stick with the good. The passion. That's the passion, the passion. line. You, I'm sure you guys saw the tweet. It was uh, Leafs goals last night. Ontario, Ontario, from Ontario, <laughs> Ontario, Alberta's own William Nylander. Everybody on the score sheet was from Canada, <laughs> including William Nylander. It was incredible. That's that right. was the passion game last night. So fun to see. I like and that please, we claim him. Wait till we oh. mix, him, mix, mix in a little Arizona and we got something real oh. cooked now. Yeah, that, well, that's the thing, right? That's the sleeping dog. And uh, maybe Matthew Nyes uh, can, can be the other Arizona Ooh, part of that as well. Yeah. Arizona from Arizona. Oh, mm-hmm. boy. That's that state will be fired up. Um, all right, Gunner, thanks for joining us. The passion is always there. Um, what, how do we listen to golf show? Is it weekly? Is it a podcast so, of the week? Uh, golf show, we're, uh, we're, we're just like dipping our toe in the water right. whenever me and McKee are Downloaded. interested. We'll be, we'll be back by the time Masters Week uh, roll, rolls around. So, yeah, plenty of golf content, uh, golf show, wherever you get your pods. Awesome. Thanks, Gunner. Talk to you soon. Take care. Thanks, guys. Spring Gunning Coast, Elise Nation, and the golf show with Sam McKee. Just take a look at the... Uh, podcast feed all right yeah good logo too elite back the golf show back so good probably should get a pick from him honda uh, classic this weekend shoot live golf text starting him. this weekend text they him. do picks on that show um probably we're betting guys so uh breaking news from our pretty or i guess one of our bosses ryan mm-hmm. fabro right fyi sports stats is a little department that looks up all this stuff led by a guy named steve you can email him at sent his email. No idea how they dig up this stuff, but if you do ever have a random stat question, fire him an email. He's great and will usually come up with something. So Steve is an absolute beauty and a gem and helps Sportsnet stats come up with things that you've never heard books. of. Yeah. The guy must be an Excel whiz. I'm glad that we have the contact now. Now I know. Well, we have Steve's email. So what I'm going to ask him about, Anyone born in the month of October that is left-handed, that also has size 12 skates, and 
You should Blue actually, eyes. You should actually do you that. You know what? I should ask him for the most obscure stat ever. You get a Ryan O'Reilly stat, like the no visor, because he's the only. Yeah, how many no visor, visors right? to ever get a hat trick first in no the first visor, period? First no visor hat trick in Buffalo um, by a Maple Leaf since, since ever. I, I love it. It's got to be something I don't want to add work for Steve, but Steve sounds like a great guy, so he might be interested in this little bit. Does Wayne Simmons have a visor? I, I just got know. that in my ear. I haven't seen Wayne Simmons in a while. I feel like he doesn't. I feel I like he does. does. I feel no, like he does no have way a visor. He doesn't. He has a visor. He's, I'm he's pretty a, sure. You think he has a visor? I don't think he does. I, I think would, he's straight up just old school beauty. It's not good that we can't come up with this. He, he's got a visor. Oh. Well. He's got a visor. All right. Um, hey, there's a She Believes Cup today, mm-hmm. Canada and Japan, mm-hmm. and TFC Season begins this weekend. We're going to get a little soccer chat in the next block. Mark, Mark Anthony Kay is going to join us, Toronto FC and Team Canada midfielder. We haven't talked to a former or uh, someone that's come back from the World Cup, really, a player, have we? No, I don't think I we I don't have. think we did. So no. we get a little roundup of the World Cup experience. Looking forward to 2026. And, of course, TFC kicking off this weekend. How the vibes are there. Uh, Mark Anthony K on the other side of the break, and then a baby wake and rake. So send in those picks at 590-590. We'll get to that after the interview. Breaking down the top stories in the NHL every day. The Jeff Merrick Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We are back on the Fan Morning Show. Sportsnet 590, the fan, Justin Cuthbert, Ailish Forfar. Sports don't stop, right? We just kind of, you know, had the Super Bowl. We had the World Cup. Now we turn it around and the MLS season is upon us. Yeah. In addition to your new favorite thing, which is the XFL. <laughs> like, we, well, we're always going to have something. Got to get myself an XFL team. But TFC begins this weekend at DC United. And we have one of TFC's midfielders on the phone right now, Mark Anthony Kay, who also represented Canada at the World Cup. What's going on this morning, Mark? Hey, Justin, how are you? Uh, we are, we're pretty good as well. Uh, I, we want to talk about TFC, obviously, but I, I got to ask you about the World Cup experience. You've had a couple months now to digest and unpack. What was it like representing Canada on the world stage at the World Cup now that you've had a couple months here to think about it? Yeah, no, it was an amazing experience. Um, you know, being a, a little kid, always dreaming of playing in the World Cup, Never knew what that would feel like, but um, to be able to do it with the group of guys we did it with and also um, in the fashion we qualified in the World Cup, it just brought everything together once we were there in Qatar and, you know, to play in front of uh, our fans and, you know, most importantly, like my family, my wife, my brothers uh, in a packed stadium is something, you know, I'll take with me for the rest of my life. What is it like you know, coming home and now looking forward to this season, do you feel like there's a different invigoration around soccer here in Canada? I mean, obviously TFC is big in this city, but I, I feel like there's been a lot of new fans born from Canada being at the World Cup, this representation, the, the fact that you're going to be a part of hosting the World Cup in the future, the women, what they're going through right now as well. Do you feel like there's going to be extra eyes and extra excitement around TFC in the MLS season? I think TFC always has extra eyes on us. Um, just because of what the club's been able to do in the past, you know, couple of years and getting to three MLS Cups and winning one. So I think that doesn't change. But, yes, it does heighten a little bit with the idea that we just had a World Cup. You, Like you said, so many people got behind the national team 
and there is one in 2026 that's going to be here. So, yeah, soccer is, is growing in this country, and we understand the responsibility as PFC players to make sure that we're moving it forward in the best way possible through the MLS season. But, um, yeah, it's an exciting part. It's an exciting time to be a part of uh, soccer in Canada, and uh, I'm just glad that the country is finally on the right path. I still think we got ways to go, but it, it looks very bright the future. I feel like you're, like, it's always like this, right? Like, Canada's had opportunities to go to World Cups, but they have not been able to make do with those opportunities. They haven't been able to have the same level of success in CONCACAF. But now that it's here and the expectations there, and you guys are going in 26, is it like juggling two different responsibilities all at once? Is it a heightened sense of that? I know those were always the responsibilities, but now there's responsibility with both responsibilities. <laughs> No, it's a, it's a good situation to be in. You know, we're very uh, fortunate that after, you know, we break that drought of not being in a World Cup for 36 years, we end up getting to host one, the next one. So, um, yeah, like, we, we, we know there's going to be a responsibility to perform, but I think the World Cup on its own is going to deliver an experience that people have never realized they could have here in Canada because it will be here. So, um, yeah, it's we. to be honest, we haven't thought that far. Um, you know, us athletes, it's one day at a time, but um, we're definitely really excited to know that it's going to be on home soil. So teams that go on championship runs, maybe they have a shorter summer or a shorter off season. Uh, and the World Cup is not, you know, you guys weren't in the World Cup final, of course, but it was a different thing at the end of a season. How, what was the process like sort of resetting yourself for your domestic season, sort of recalibrating after the World Cup experience? Was it like a rushed off season or was it the best way to prepare for a new MLS season? Honestly, you know, I can only speak for myself, but I enjoyed my offseason. You know, me and my wife got away and we traveled through Europe as we made our way back to North America from the World Cup. So I really had a good, you know, time um, taking my sweet time getting back here and getting prepared for the MLS season. So um, it was a little different this year, obviously, knowing that uh, you had a big tournament that, was very taxing mentally and physically, but then also you have to find some time to recover and then right around the corner, the MLS season starts. So for me, I really enjoyed it. I, I like playing more football. I like having to be in form longer throughout the year. So uh, shorter off season has never been a problem with me. Um, it also means that you're doing something right if your off season is shorter. So hopefully this year is shorter as well. Let us live vicariously through you. What was the highlight of this Euro trip? Where do we need to put on our travel bucket list if we get a chance to take a break one day from the ins and outs of covering the grind here? <laughs> <laughs> so before we even got to Europe, we went straight to the Maldives. And okay, okay. Is, okay. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That place is exactly like it looks on the postcards. It was surreal just... The water looked fake, but I'm telling you, everything was so real and it felt amazing. So I would definitely recommend a bucket list, like get to the Maldives. Okay, we'll save up. We'll save up for <laughs> that. Uh, okay, so TF yeah. TFC season, doing a little uh, research. As, uh, the, the prognosticators have a wide range of outcomes potentially for TFC. I saw some like as high as second or third in the East and far out of the playoffs in some people's minds. Like when you look at TFC's outlook for 2023, what do you see? What I see is a team getting back to consistent performances 
um, you know, winning games on streaks, you know, over and over again. And just being a team that people know what, what they're going to get when they watch. You know, I think last year there was a very a lot of up and down, um, obviously a lot of pieces that were being brought in and we needed time to mesh. So I think this year there's no excuses. We got to get back to where we are. We're, we're supposed to be at the top of the mountain. And, um, yeah, we'll take it one game at a time. But I think it's going to be a very good year. You guys are going into a full season with the Italians. Are you going to be taking any lessons? Have you picked anything up? And how exciting is it to have a full squad looking forward? Yeah, no, of course, the Italians, you know, Federico and Lorenzo bring something, um, you know, different and unique to our team. So we're very happy that they're a part of our group. Um, you know, their technical ability, their ability to be clean in certain areas and create chances for themselves is definitely something that I, I've seen and I've, I've wanted to add to my game. Um, but yeah, like we've added a lot of pieces this offseason and just to have a full pre, uh, preseason together, I think is going to do wonders for our team. So we're really excited to get out there. Um, you know us, we're super competitive, so we want to play every weekend. So we're, we're, we're really happy that we're in a spot where it, the season's about to start. Uh, one of those upgrades uh, over the offseason was Sean Johnson, who comes over as uh, TFC's new keeper. Uh, you probably know a, a great deal about his ability. Uh, what is the new keeper for TFC going to bring the squad? I think he's going to bring a, a sense of calmness in the back. Um, he's a really good leader, vocal, organizes the team from the back. And it's just, it, it's it's really nice to, to know you have someone like that behind you in goal. So um, it allows us, outfield players to, to do our job with a lot more confidence. Um, obviously, we still need to do the best we can do to help him defensively, but to have someone of his stature back there, it just it does a world of good for your mind. So the Italians up front, you got Sean Johnson uh, in goal, and you've got a really talented midfield, including yourself, Jonathan Sorio and Michael Bradley. What sort of what sort of responsibility do you guys feel with this team being the anchor of the group and, and just how, how how talented are you three compared to the MLS-wide? MLS, MLS wide? Uh, The strength of this group could be the TFC, for TFC could be the midfield and, and how much uh, you understand that you need you need to be at that level and the responsibility that you guys carry to, to help this team have success. Yeah, no, you said it perfectly well. Um, we are the anchor of the team. We have to make sure that the game is flowing in the right direction and that we either speed it up or slow it down. Um, everything comes through the midfield. So, like you said, our responsibility is really big to make sure we're on it every day. And we've been working really hard. And this offseason, not this offseason, sorry, this preseason, we've done a lot of work to, to improve our chemistry. You know, also and Michael have played together for eight years. So they have a, a little advantage on me, but I feel like I'm someone who can pick things up quickly. So it's just continuing to work on the fine details and training and um, just know that we have each other's back. But, yeah, you're right. We are the anchor of the team, and um, that's the responsibility you want to have. You know, you want to be in that position. Uh, last one for you here, Mark. Um, women's team is in an ongoing labor dispute, as we know, and we've been covering and following along. Um, broad strokes without getting too deep in specifics. What challenges are the players in the CSA facing, and how involved has the men's side of it been with supporting what the women are going through? Yeah, so obviously everyone is listening in on, on what's going on between the CSA and the women. Um, they were actually in negotiations much before 
the men got involved and, and got into our own negotiations, but we're in this collectively. So, um, you know, right now in the forefront, it's the women's and they're trying to make sure they can have the same standards that we were getting for our process to qualify for the World Cup. Um, except they already qualified, so it's kind of their road to the World Cup. Um, so, yeah, there's just certain things that I think that the CSA need to make sure that they, they give the women in order to make sure this claim for equality is, is held up by their side of it because uh, the men's, we support what the women are going after. We understand it, and we're just patiently waiting for CSA to, to do what they're supposed to do to get the ball rolling because it's been been almost a year now it's going to almost be a year of trying to figure out this labor dispute so the men's we're, we're pretty quiet right now we're, we're just waiting to, to see what happened but uh we're in full support of the women and we just want to get this uh you know done with you know yeah, great to support even behind the scenes. I'm sure the women are appreciative and they're they're at the She Believes Cup. We got a game today. You guys start your season this weekend, 7.30 p.m. on Saturday night. We wish you the best of luck. We'll hopefully catch up with you down the road and uh, hopefully see, see you guys in action when you guys are here at BMO Field. Perfect. Thank you so much. I appreciate you guys having me on. Thanks so much. That's Mark Anthony K, Toronto FC and Team Canada midfielder. Love it. Love it. <laughs> Got to be honest. I don't have any TFC bets this weekend, but we're going to have to do a little work on that. We will. We, this scouting. is where we need the specialists. A little scouting weekend. Yes. We're, we're calling on all specialists here. Is there a TFC specialist that can help us out? It will be us, but a little rusty right now. I'll tell you that. We can get there. We can get there if we put our minds to it. Uh, big Fly day ourselves. for Canadian pride. Canada versus Japan in the She Believes Cup. That's 4 p.m. kickoff. And... Canada, USA, Game 7, winner takes all in the rivalry series between your women's stars on the ice. The last we'll see of them before the World Championship this That's April right. in Brampton. So IHF World Championships coming to Ontario in Brampton, April 5th to 16th. So this is like the last opportunity for a big tee up between the rivals. Um, let me give you the rundown here. Canada, in this seven-game series, dropped the first three games to the United States now have bounced back three consecutive wins, including Monday night where they won five, one um, dominant, dominant victory in game six, big time shift of momentum here. Um, not only did my uh, bestie Laura Stacy score, mm-hmm. but Marie Philippe Poulin broke some records and was honored for winning the Northern star award. Obviously we know that um, we talked to her after that, but she hit 200 points in Team Canada National Club history. Fifth player ever to do so. No need to split the puck there. That's a full puck. She gets the full puck, MVP. eh? Yeah, um, she 100%. joins Haley Wickenizer, Jaina Hefford, Carolyn Ouellette, and Danielle Goyat to be the only players to record 200 points or more with the national team. She needs three goals to hit 100, so... Well, she's all about the moment, hey, right? how about a, a hat, hat trick, trick in tonight, the store tonight, Justin? Collect another puck. That would be pretty cool. That a hat trick cool. tonight for 100 goals. Or Poulin. she can save that for our, you know, in-person viewing experience. Cool maybe too. Brampton at the World Championship. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure she'll hit that milestone. Milestone rather <laughs> that milestone. sooner than later. <laughs> sooner than later. Uh, anyway, that's tonight. I'm very excited to watch that. There's no Toronto sports on, so boom, there you go. You're just prime viewing experience tonight. Floor is open. Um, okay, so let's round up our wake and rakes as well. So. No NBA, three hockey games. We're getting funky in the text line. I'll tell you that. Um, a lot of. I'm getting funky too. 
intrigue. I'll just lead it off. I'm getting, uh, I'm going the soccer route again. I'm putting myself wow. out there to potentially blow up the wake and rake in the afternoon. But it's a Champions League Wednesday, and Man City is at RB Leipzig today. And I like Man City. If okay. we're getting Man City near uh, minus 110, they're minus 120 where I'm seeing it right now. I gravitate towards Man City. Of course, the Champions League stage is where they end up failing, but they fail later on in Champions League. Okay. They're normally okay at this stage of the Champions League. They're a better team than Leipzig. They show it today despite not having home field advantage. Uh, I like Man City to uh, get the victory and cash as a minus 120 favorite. All right, so just the full-time money line. Full-time money line. Okay, three-way so, money line. Okay, full-time three-way money line. Yes. Okay, perfect. Um, I'm going to select from today's sl- light slate in the NHL. We got the Jets at the Islanders, the Flames at the Coyotes, and the Blackhawks at the Stars. I'm going with the Stars on the puck line. The Blackhawks, as we know, went to a shootout last night, an emotional one, a back-to-back. Now on the road here, the Patrick Kane. Story was not written last night, even mm-hmm. though we thought it was 0.0000001 Pretty seconds in OT. Didn't count. I think there might be just a bit of a letdown opportunity for Blackhawks here. Uh, they're playing the Stars, and we, Stars are at home. Blackhawks burned us last night. I've been a little reluctant to step out in front of him since I saw that Patrick Kane was clearly aggrieved over the weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, he looks like he doesn't want to go out quietly if he indeed does go out. But second half of back-to-back against a Dallas team, a traveling back-to-back, I saw the line at two and a half in in some places at like a pretty yeah, like under our threshold, yeah. but not that far under our threshold. So I'm getting the puck line at minus 150. Yeah. And so it's, it's it's steep, but the money line is minus 420. Yeah, it's, and that, that's a steep puck line, but it makes all the sense in the yeah. world. Dallas is the best team in the central, one of the best teams in the Western mm-hmm. Conference. Chicago, one of the worst. Second half back-to-back traveling. It makes all the sense in the world. All right, so stars on the puck line. We did have somebody text in to ask what the puck line meant. That's when you... They are going to win by two goals. It's a spread. So it's yeah, like it's same as a, an NFL spread. It's one and a half. They got to win by two. Okay. So let's go through some of our submissions because they're all over the place. Um, go first. I'm trying to locate. Uh, good morning. We had nothing but winners yesterday. Leafs hit for us. Both art parlay picks. Excuse me. Oh, yes. One as well. Let's look to keep it rolling today. I was going to use this for the alt parlay, but I don't like the NHL card today. This is Ron and Juliana. <laughs> Take Erling Holland to score anytime they goal love plus that guy, 105. Eh? Now, I, I'm, you know, I'm on Man City, so mm-hmm. Man City plus the Holland goal, that could set us up for a successful night. If that indeed uh, comes to fruition, I could see a scenario in which that does. So I kind of like that pick. Juliana will take the over in the Islanders and Jets game. Islanders and Jets are. They're under teams to me, but uh, the, the line is set at six. And for the alt parlay, they like both teams to score in the Man City-Leipzig game. So we could just go Holy full Man City-Leipzig parlay. Man City day. Uh, but Ron and Juliana are all over that game as well. Okay. Neil in Newfoundland, everybody. Good morning. Schwartzman and Lashovic was rained out last night, so still waiting on that. Okay. Um, for today's bet, I'm going to ATP Doha and Fokina minus one and a half games over Quan. Fokina looked good in his last match with an easy straight sets win. Quan was taken the distance by a young player, ranked 279th. Blind, blind tail, right there. Done. Blind Already tail can't add anything to Fokina and Quan. Can't tell I you will. anything about them, but I love them. I'm there. Uh, take Inter Milan on the money line. Holy Porto with injuries today. to core players, and they stink. <laughs> easy dinero. Uh, this inter- is hilarious. Inter Milan is that that uh, must be a Champions League game. Uh, Porto, Porto and Milan. Clearly play in different domestic leagues, so a lot of Champions League content today. Okay, Corey from Port Hope. Good morning. Pretty slim pickings tonight. Feel ya. 
But for my wake and rake, I'll take Jason Robertson, Robertson anytime power play point. Okay. Well, That's that kind of goes spe- with fine. Pretty specific for plus 110. Power play point plus 110. Yeah. Interesting. Corey from Port Hope. Right. Uh, this is another one that's Ooh, in the alt. I don't know alt. if you really want to read all this. Of this is in the but... alt category. Chad from Peterborough, South Carolina, plus 17 and a half tonight. Looks like a great anchor. Uh, came out yesterday that Alabama's best player was involved in a crime. Yes, I did hear about this mm-hmm. on the way in. Uh, I don't know how much that should be involved in the handicap of the event. Uh, but anyone interested in South Carolina tonight over Alabama, that's the pick. Plus 17 and a half. All right, last one here. Buff Daddy. I love Buff Daddy. <laughs> Just because he sends in capital letters. Good morning. Calgary versus Phoenix. Mark Phoenix. Markstrom would make my Friday night hockey team right now. Ooh, take Phoenix spread of one and a half. Um, we're talking Coyotes? Yeah, Phoenix, baby. Uh, I was actually thinking of Coyotes plus one and a half. Okay. But I, I'm so scared of ever making a plus one and a half bet. I hate those. Because of the empty I've never net. done those. Like, if you lose on that, you just, like, you're just so it's tilted. Brutal. Um, because it was a good bet. Phoenix spread plus one and a half smash it in capital letters. Jets versus Islanders. Um, Some support for the under. Over. Wait, will be a yawn or smash the under. Oh, see? smash the under. Smash so, okay, the under. so we got conflicting there on the Jets and Islanders. Can't do it. Which I agree. I think it's, I mean, it sounds like the right line. I'm not really passionate either way. Uh, so, we already have one soccer game. Okay, that's the, you can't triple soccer it, hey. It's just a big day. Unless it's Canada women versus Japan. Canada women plus 130 on the full-time result. Japan plus 155. This is in the She Believes Cup, 4 p.m. But we can't I, cre- we can't manufacture an anchor. No, I'm just saying for individuals that are interested in betting okay, on okay, our okay. women's soccer team, mm-hmm. that's your line. Um, the over-under two and a half over plus 120. Under is juiced to 154. We so. might have to go Holland here. You want to do that? Get well, spicy we, we or what? We can't do Islanders Jets. We could do the plus one and a half for the Arizona Coyotes from Buff Daddy. We're not going South Carolina. That's a, that's, not, that's not something, I don't want interested. to wade into that water. Not interested in I, that I don't love the Jason Robertson plus 110 Inter Milan. Okay, so you, you chose yesterday and how'd that go? Listen, Holland, it, Holland and Man City, it didn't go well. Holland and Man City are connected. There's some correlation there. If we get a Holland goal, we're one step closer to Man City covering my number or winning on the money line. So I think Erling Holland's a pick. Do we have the, like, I don't see, what is it, minus 110, plus 110? It's plus 105, according to Ron. Well, I'm just going to blindly trust him because okay. I can't find it anywhere. So plus 105? Yep. Okay. Um, I will lock this into our parlay. So big soccer day for the squad, eh? hmm And there's no lines on the women's. USA rivalry series game. Unfortunately, I cannot find that. So if no, there's any books listening. You'll be, you'll be all over the Women's World Championship, and we will. You'll be like Neil in that two-week stretch. I, I'll be our specialist. How about that? Um, okay, so we have a Holland goal. Your Man City on the money line, and Dallas Stars minus one and a half. All together, I'm just... Sorry, give me one second. Just constructing a parlay, a very random parlay. It is random. It is going to be around plus 485. Plus 485. Not, so we're in the plus 500 range. That's where we generally live. Uh, yep. The same game parlay aspect of it, it might drop make it a, bit it a funky, little bit. Yep. Yeah, but uh, reason to watch Man City and RB Leipzig today. <laughs> Buddy, I can't Like, wait. I needed a reason. I'll be there. I've got to find out how you stream that, how you get that thing going. You'll find it. Uh, all right, so yeah, no Toronto sports tonight. Justin's got a big uh, beer league game. As we know, Wednesdays are a big night for him. Thank you for teeing that up. Yeah. No lines on that what, either. What, are you guys, uh, you played this team before? 
I have no idea who we're playing. I don't know until do I see them. you just show up? You know the time? Yes. There's no scouting report. You don't do any visualization? I do not. Wow. Do you guys warm up? Or you just get there and you just throw you know, on the you skates? You know how it goes. There's like nine, warm up, 90 eh? seconds of skating around in a circle like, and when you get to the floating dressing pucks room, on our goalie. You just chat for a bit, talk about your wake and rake picks, and then you just put on the skates, eh? Yeah, yeah. Pretty much just chat. Sounds like an injury waiting you've to happen. Never, you've never played a commoner brand of hockey, eh? I have played a commoner. No, you haven't. A commoner brand. No, I'm regal, as Charles Davis would exactly. say. Exactly. I'm a commoner. You're regal. I have it's certainly time, played it's commoner hockey. It's time for hockey. you to join our ranks where you, there's no warm-up. There's no stretching. There's some light puck handling before the referees get a little angry because the game's not starting on time and they start blowing the whistle and yelling at everybody. All right. Well, you, you think you're going to get on the scoreboard tonight? You got. You guys are going to break a losing streak, don't you? We got to get a win. We got to set. We the bucket's got to be in play tonight. Someone's got to win player of the game. We need to get back on track. Okay, so Team Canada soccer with a a parlay win. Team Canada hockey with a win, and Justin's beer league team named the Swinging Ducks. The Swinging Ducks with a win. I've seen that at plus uh, twenty five hundred. There you go. Smash that. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening to the Fan Morning Show. We'll be back on Baby Friday with all of that to break down.